Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Recorded live. Bearing their own inspirational lines of thought, and and then other people can gracefully build on it without interruption. But but it's it's a bad earmarking to rudely interrupt somebody before they're finishing. They, they finish making their thought. It's a really really bad earmarking. And I don't care how much valuable insight that any individual thinks that they have. They need to sit down and shut up until the microphone is released. This is the way righteous, honorable people interact with each other. Um, and I, we don't need to dwell on it. I don't want to point fingers. But, but these are the principles that apply to everybody. And we all have to conform to them equally or else evil will when? Okay. So, to be honest, I, I hear you, I feel you, and I do not disagree. But again, in, under common law principles, the certain amount of liberty is allowed. Okay, and the strict rule of adhering is probably ex- exempt in some circumstances. You know, so I do appreciate your comments again about how how interruptions are inappropriate, but. When you, it depends on if it's taking away from or adding to the dialogue. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, your late night president, well, Todd Morris. If the, the, it is contributing or taking away from time, the dialogue has to be done uh, not only informationally, yes, but spiritually. And when somebody comes in with admittedly a valuable insight, and but they're totally destroying and obliterating the other valuable insights oh, yeah. because they're so rude and belligerent in their commentary, then that brings the collective back two or three or four or five steps, regardless of the one or two steps in progress okay. the one individual shared. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but are you, are you making the claim that I was rude and belligerent? With my commentary. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I don't agree with that at all. I just, I thought well, I was being very you, polite. You need to, to, yeah. to, to come to agree with it, or, or else no, change, change your attitude here, Jeremiah. I'm going to need to distract for a while, and then you guys can talk. about whether or not you're being okay. rude or not. You need to either okay. back off, or else I'm going to have to start muting you. Well, like I said, like I just said, I will mute out so you guys can talk. Okay, Charles? And you have a nice evening, and I'll be back on the call a little bit later. Take care, buddy. All right. Thank you. 
Jeremiah, you're, um, you're valuable in many ways, but we've got problems here that we need to work through. Um, well, thank you, Charles. I appreciate uh, your uh, your intervening and um, you know, kind of laying down you know, rules of cordiality. So, um, I appreciate that. Um, thank you. But, and I, I really didn't have anything more to add with regards to Chad. I don't want to make it a, a very long conversation uh, because there is a gag order. Um, I do appreciate uh, the thought anyway of uh, challenging that gag order. And, and I think that um, any time we can uh, think about creative ways, valid ways that we can challenge this, what they want to call authority, um, that uh, the more ways that we can do that and the more we can talk about those types of things, the better. So uh, I think that even the thought and the suggestion is very valuable in a year. Thank you, David. Um, we were segueing over to the Bundy case a little bit here about the same time that, that you came in, David. Um, and and there under we were talking in terms of... Um, how uh, situations like the Bundy case and other cases are, are, are surrounding us with a multitude of opportunities to bring the insights that we've got here to a practical real-world application. Um, and, and, and for instance, uh, to, to not get back into the previous discussion, but to kind of move farther forward is a thought that the, the 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 Bundys have been recently um, uh, released from prison. At least most of them. They're, 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 uh, um, uh, the 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 federal district court judge there in Nevada, the female judge there, uh, apparently just dismissed the the complaint that DOJ has been bringing against them, um, is, which which is a profound good news that apparently just happened today. Um, but the, the footnotes to that dismissal is that um, uh, the de facto Fed DOJ uh, is still has the option of refiling the case. Um, so I can't help but think that the technology that we've got here, if we had support and um, infrastructure that we desperately need, um, we could put together, we, we, we could summons uh, um, um, DOJ to to prosecute their complaint um, at such and so date uh, in, in our common law forum here. Um, and uh, if they fail to appear and prosecute, we're going to um, uh, issue a judgment based upon the evidence before the court. And um, uh, that'll probably be uh, completely dismissing as meritless uh, the essence of the complaint that uh, DOJ has against the Bundys. Are you there, David? Uh, yes, I, I was just trying to think of uh, any response that I can have to that. Uh,
Yeah. Um, well, it's oh, I, I'm I guess sorry. a broader I, issue. I, I don't mean to put no. you on the spot. Um, without Jeremiah here, there's there's not many people. It seems like feel engaged, good to engage in discussion. Um, I, I, I apologize. I, I have put my son came home uh, and. Uh, I I am just kind of getting home for the first time today myself. So as I'm walking around the house here, I accidentally put myself on mute as I was responding to you. So sorry about that. Uh, And I was only going to say that uh, as I was listening to you, I I keep thinking in the back of my mind that uh, it's the Bundy case along with many others that I want to be able to include when, uh, when I put together my filing. Uh, that I plan on dealing with uh, very soon. And uh, the Bundy case was going to be one of them. And, and you make some very good points about uh, their being able to refile any time. You know, these wins only seem to be wins. Um, and, uh, you know, they, as long as they got the guns, uh, you might say, we were talking about that today, as long as they got the guns, uh, we're not assured of anything. Yeah. Yeah, this it, we live in a an environment in which the Roman civil municipal authorities um, um, uh, swaggered about with reckless negligence, destroying anybody they want, any time they want, uh, rather like the beast that is described in the biblical book of Revelation, prowling around and devouring who it will. Um, um, that's the current environment with the Roman civil municipal beastly system that, that we've got in place at both our federal uh, uh, um, governmental level and the governmental levels of all of our states and, in essence, even right on down to the counties and cities and stuff. Um, but um, we've got the right and the lawful authority under our constitutional systems um, to to pull a paradigm shift on that, to organize from the grassroots bottom up like we're doing with the qualified electors lists and things. Um, and, and David, I wanted to segue. I'm glad you referenced your case uh, in connections with the Bundy's case in that, that um, uh, your, your case is, is pretty much well formatted to a point where uh, uh, we could start moving forward with that in our online forum conference court here. And and um, your case is ra- raising really broad issues of epidemic corruption throughout the entire state and federal judiciary, correct? That is correct, state level and federal level, and all, and all three branches of each level. Um, and that's... Uh, so uh, I have lots of evidence dealing with the executive and judicial branches, um, really, with a, it truly, with a revolving door between the two that the very same people are going through one door and, into a different branch and becoming the other. Sometimes they're in multiple branches at the same time, and uh, it, it's ludicrous. And, and then uh, the research that I've done uh, – basically reveals that the third branch being the judicial branch is uh, is all part of this uh, uh, this whole setup as well. I yield. Well, see, um, when when people comprehend what the Quo Warranto 
state X rail process is all about. Um, uh, when we confront epidemics of corruption, as is well articulated and well documented in your case, um, we can it, it, that that state X rail quo warranto process is similar to what's known in civil procedure as class actions. Okay, because more than just a particular community, it's all of the public that is being harmed by these crimes, this epidemic of corruption. And so, similar to a class action, we can say that your case, David Shides, well-documented, well-articulated, is substantially similar to the Bundy case and numerous other cases. Well, I agree, Um, yes. Well, this is Allie. May I add something to this with Bundy's and David? Uh, in, in a moment, Allie. Uh, D- David and I allow us, please, to complete our thoughts, and, and then we'll, we'll we'll share the microphone uh, in a moment here, please, sister. Thank you. Uh, David, um, yeah. did you comprehend the essence of what I was outlining there? Yes, and what I was just saying was that it's it's a pattern and practice. That the pattern and practice uh, is uh, it, it establishes racketeering number one. Um, the um, and it it goes across the lines of cases, um, and uh, you know, and so uh, I I prefer to to put it in terms of pattern and practice, and. Um, uh, yes, that's that's one of the things that makes the the Bundy case uh, align, so to speak, with my cases and so many others of people, including uh, um, other you know people that are up in Washington State. I know Allie uh, is right there, and um, so I yield, and I and I'd love to hear what Allie's got to say. Thank you. Yes, yes, I can. I, I do believe that that Ali is probably segueing that we can class action in the the cases against the smart meters. Um, also, along with the Bundy case and your case, all in one nice big package. But Ali, please, the, the microphone's yours. Well, yes, and I would really like to commend uh, not only David but Ammon Bundy because you two someday have got to meet because you have done the same thing. You, David, have so well documented all these levels and corruptions in your two-hour video, and Eamon Bundy from jail narrated a 36-minute video in three parts that shows the same level of corruption that you show in yours. Uh, so you are both uh, right running similar, you know, similar uh, in your stance in exposing how this is multi-leveled going through it. Now, I also did see uh, just a little while ago a video of Carol Bundy outside the courthouse, and they were so excited that uh, uh, the the case had been dismissed and that they could all go home under restrictions. Well, Cleve Bundy, they, they said, no, we won't do that. We want to go home as free men. We weren't guilty, you know. We're not going to go home and be restricted. So uh, as far as I know, they're still in jail because they refuse uh, to cow down and and be allowed to go home after it's been dismissed, uh, being under uh, surveillance and monitored. And uh, I, I think that's pretty bad. 
But uh, also some good breaking news here. They've now opened two lanes of I-5 South. Uh-huh. And I don't know if uh, any of you on the call, uh, I'm, I'm sure some of you know that uh, we had a trail derailment in DuPont that shut down um, I-5 when the trains fell onto I-5, yeah. blocking the road from Canada to Mexico. Yeah, that was between Portland and Seattle. Um, and and uh, to, to segue off onto that a little bit, uh, um, I, I, I've seen posts recently that indicate uh, two bad signs. Number one, uh, at the same time as that derailment, <clears throat> numerous um, uh, uh, military emergency exercises were in place, just like around 911, just like, uh, like around the, the, the Boston Marathon bombing. This is a pattern that they have um, um, uh, exercises in place where there's a heightened military player presence that is uh, uh, allegedly just doing exercises, but guess what? Real people get killed uh, uh, coincidentally at the same time that these exercises are happening, and if that isn't enough, guess what? The Amtrak train that, that, that went off the rails there between Portland and Seattle, it was going over 50 miles uh, above the speed limit that it was supposed to be going at, 50 miles an hour faster. So it was going way too fast for those tracks, um, and, and there were military exercises, and, and the stupid lefties uh, uh, just want to say, oh, gee whiz, it was just all an honest accident. I'm sorry, no, there's skullduggery going on there. There's bad people murdering people all over the place, and we need to do something about it. Uh, well, yes, and, and they're also investigating Antifa. Uh, because uh, they had posted on their website that they were going to put cement on the tracks to uh, stop them from delivering parts for the fracking and all this other stuff. And uh, uh, when then when uh, and they posted that not long ago. And then when this <coughs> happened on <coughs> excuse me Monday morning, they immediately took their posts down about uh, uh, doing this to the tracks to the where the trains were. So, you know, there, there's all kinds of things that are being looked at. Uh, we, you know, it's going to be a while. But I think it's interesting because DuPont is right by uh, a military base, JBLM. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do think there might have been something on the tracks. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll be able to tell because uh, they did have drones flying over the accident where it was. So uh, they, they'll have footage of what it looked like from above and down onto the tracks. So I don't know what they can see there, but uh, hopefully we'll, we'll find out what the real reason is that this train derailed on that bridge over I-5. God bless all of these first responders and the workers and the rain. It must have been horrible for them. But they've been working 24 hours, you know, straight on. Mm-hmm. And Monday morning and at 5 o'clock now, uh, they have two lanes open. Point, point of information about the Bundys. I'd like to comment if I could, Charles. Um, Nikki, uh, or, uh, Allie, are you willing to release the floor to Jeremiah here, Allie? Uh, yes, but I just want let me just add one more thing. The President Trump has now come out 
saying it's a national security matter. We really need to roll out 5G. 5G? Trump is saying, Trump is promoting 5G? Yes, he says it's a matter <laughs> wow. of national security. Gee whiz. Well, that mm-hmm. kind of evaporates some of our hope out of Trump, doesn't it? Yeah, believe me, I posted on that because... Uh, I, I'm now to the point saying any of the people doing things like this are minions of Satan. That's an excellent point that you're bringing up there, where we all should get together around this cause of 5G and create the verdicts that are necessary for the local constituencies that don't want that 5G rolled out in their communities. You know? I mean, that's kind of huge right there, Charles. I see so much potential for this group. Uh, with the, Okay, so like... I don't want to ignore the 5G that she brought up. So if it, does anyone else have anything to say about that? Because I'm going to yield on that point right there. Well, all I can say is when they put out the 5G, what they're doing is they're upping the microwave oven because they have put us the world into a microwave oven with the wireless technology. And all the 5G does is ramp up the power and mm-hmm. electrocute us faster. And I yield. I would like to segue just briefly there to um, um, it is good to briefly talk about the problems there, such as 5G, uh, but but we do need to consistently bring the discussion back around to talking about the solutions to these problems, as I believe Jeremiah was probably trying to work a segue towards. I yield. Thanks. Basically, with regard to the... 5G rollout or any type of um, like noticing by the municipal government, um, they give you notices and they post up around usually and they give an opportunity for people to come in and speak and, and say yay or nay to specific rollouts of technology within the neighborhood. And it, whether it be like you know uh, construction crews coming in and laying fiber optic cables in your neighborhood or other means, right? Um, it's all basically up to the communities that I know of because you see the signs or notices posted and pasted on these telephone poles or, or street poles, okay? So a perfect remedy would be to have um, at least a justice of the peace who was who knew who he was, you know, to, or or she was. When I say he, I'm using no gender base necessarily. So when I say he, I just mean both genders. Uh, and 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 that the, that that uh, they could literally represent that entire constituency within that municipality because there were no other uh, common law constituents stepping forward. We're talking about filling in that vacuum, you know, that 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 vacuum that's there. And and the only reason why the municipal government rolls out things of this nature is because no one steps in from the common law side to fill in the void. And I think with the proper application of the common law, that that there would be some tremendous opportunity presented to uh, all of the different communities. Charles? Yes, we need to capitalize on... Um as many opportunities as are available to us, we need to um, um, do 
capitalize on everything that that and it powers us. I'm sorry, I was distracted by law. It's okay, Charles. Yeah, it's getting back to my one of my points was about the Bundys too, and I just want to say, everyone, I really appreciate you guys putting up with me throughout these years because it has been a a turbulent, like you know, last five years has been extremely turbulent coming you know into all this knowledge. Way from uh, well, you the shut truth, the hell up. realized that I was sleeping for shut so many up. years. I mean, I'm sure that you guys have went through your own little awakening. But as it relates to the Bundys, you know, um, if if some of those people are still in jail, right, then it, it begs the question as to whether or not a personal jurisdiction issue is still at large or not. And why do they have personal jurisdiction over these people? And have they proven it on the record? And the habeas corpus verdict, something with a habeas corpus, with a verdict plus a habeas corpus, we could basically, um, you know, command the force of, of the common law through the court system, basically, to uh, produce the result that we're, we were seeking with regard to the releasing of these innocent people. Yeah. Yeah. That is where we could get some traction and we could actually start producing justice for our common people. Um, um, if it was more than just a handful of us here talking about these things, if we had a budget and, and, and computer help and, and little things like this that are to, to, to crippling us uh, in our ability to actually compete in, in the judicial realm, um, um, the, the power is at our fingertips to bring about pr- profound changes for not only this nation, but for the whole planet. Um, um, mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and, the and so if we just keep slow and steady uh, on the general focus that we're doing here, um, we should be able to put it together sooner or later. Yeah, Jeremiah. Well, I, I, Charles, let me ask you a question, and I want to uh, try to present something to the group here. How does everybody feel about literally moving forward? Right? Everybody that has seen your name on a qualified electors list, how do you feel about moving forward with creating a verdict? I know that we were on that level of before, but somehow people were coming on asking about the validity of the verdict, right? And with it, with, I think, first, me, first of all, I think it's going to be, once, once we come up with a verdict, right, it, the matter is, how do we present that verdict? Now we can, we can deal with it one issue at a time. Let's just, I want to take care of one thing at a time. And if you guys are willing to, we should probably get consensus around uh, uh, development of specific verdicts um, dealing with issues of concern, whether they be national, state, or, or local. But I, I, I think that our best interest is probably um uh is probably going to be um when it comes to uh the issues of national concern right now because of our our uh, the void is not quite as 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 big as we we're not filled in that void we don't have so many constituents in the local you know uh communities yet so that's why this qualified electors list is super important it's actually really a qualification authentication recognition in writing is what it is, of your common law constituency. That's really what it is. I mean, you could say it's a qualified elector position if you want to. It has the same thing as being a registered voter, the same meaning. 
Anyways, so it doesn't matter what you call it. But if you want to recognize yourself in the common law, getting enrolled in this um, common law program is definitely the route the route to go. This way we can at least vouch for each other under common law. And, you know, as and I, on this point, or here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end my, my conference, here, not my conference, but my, my talking, and that is this, that when I got my common law ID created, one of the things that was demanded of me under the law, right, by the notary, was that I have two witnesses in there with me at the same time while, uh, you, know, you know, vouching for me as being who I was. Yeah. Okay? And, and this, this is super important. Under common law, you know, when you have these witnesses that vouch for your identity, there is definitely something to be said about that. And anybody that wants to deny that, we can go toe-to-toe. It's going to be Muhammad Ali, I'm, that's, that's me, against, you know, Clubber Lang, you. But it's good. I'll be knocking you out, I'll be rope-a-doping, and, you know, the common law will basically prevail, okay? Because we do, once we get these witnesses, qualified electors lists, everybody vouching for each other, we can start to come up with these verdicts. We'll and also we'll have this other thing known as the rebuttal of a presumption that we are somehow acting from a position of minority. When in fact, we prove through our conduct that we are actually of the age of majority and that we have competency. Okay, okay, Charles. Well, I don't know what the age thing has to do with it, but generally speaking, what you're talking about there is yeah. good, Jeremiah, that... that um, when we build our own communities from the grassroots up under as jural societies okay these are self these are lawfully recognizable um uh, communities that we have the authority to form that that has the right to claim our own separate judicial jurisdiction and there under we can claim full faith and credit but see if we're all just 14th Amendment slaves under that big quagmire of slave traders jurisdiction, that's just what the Pharisee mm-hmm. Jews refer to as human cattle gorium. And, and guess what? They're going to treat you like slaves over there because, mm-hmm. because you, have, you are not in a responsibly self-governing community. The, the large category yeah. of 14th Amendment <laughs> slaves is not a category of a responsibly self-governing community. I yield. This is Allie. And uh, this I think you'll find very interesting. Uh, Let's go back to not the Bundys, but to Lavoie Finicum. There is now a GoFundMe to finish the documentary of Lavoie Finicum, Dead Man Talking. Because what Lavoie Finicum was doing was exactly what we want to do. He was educating the people about the Constitution and their rights. And all of those 53 ranchers who'd been get run off their lands and others, they were listening to him. And he was growing a great following, filling up uh, the rooms wherever they were meeting. He was on his way to meet with the uh, sheriff over in Clark County to have a constitutional meeting. And that's why they went after them, because they didn't want them to wake up the people that they were breaking the laws by learning the law. Mm -hmm. So anyway, there is now a GoFundMe 
for the documentary, and there's a trailer for the the movie that uh, uh, is being done called Lavoie Finicum, Dead Man Talking. Mm-hmm. And showing the whole Excellent. process of how mm-hmm. he was out doing what we're trying to do with the people. God bless him, Lavoie Finicum, and he is a, he is a an American icon as far as I'm concerned. He's a hero because yeah, what? By the Coming to light down there, and it's even bringing in Hillary Clinton and all of them with the Or One and going after their water rights and their minerals and their land. So, and he was educating the people that they were not following the Constitution. And his daughter, Lavoy Finnegan's daughter, has a beautiful song. I have heard it, and uh, I forget the name of the song. Charles, have you heard her singing? His whole family is really on point. They they really are a great. It's so beautiful to see these ranchers' families, right? Um, because you know, it, it identify. I identify with that. Uh, you know, considering the fact that my own family was split up by the state. You guys, you see. So this whole this whole um, um, like thing that he did was was not just about. Uh, uh, the land, but it was also about family too. You can, you know, it had an impact on people, you know, people that have families. Uh, it showed the power of the family and, and, and what can happen when you have a group of people under, with a consensus. And this is why we need to take those family values and, and twit and, and put, basically convert that energy into the common law and understand how each one of us has our own family and when we have our constituency, we are a family, and that's why this is our court. If I may, well, yes, and they were all working together. All those ranchers. I mean, his family had been there since 1877. They put in miles. Oh, they knew there were rivers, and they could do irrigation. So in this arid desert, that's what they did, and it brought in wildlife and balancing. You know, and, and it grow. You know, for the cattle and and for all the other wildlife, and it was ecologically in harmony and growing. It was just becoming wonderful down there, This, you know, with the greenness in the arid desert and all the animals, and everyone was healthy and happy, and they had their trust in God, and they have kept their trust in God all the way through this because they are true Christians. And God, the creator of all things, is organic and sustainable. Well, if you go to the other guys, side of the bell curve yeah. from that, you got Satan. He's the destroyer. He's not sustainable, and he's not organic. Well, here, check it out, you guys. Here, the federal government. If you notice, the federal government actually came against the. Hold on a moment. David was asking for the. Um, uh, Thank you. Floor there. I'm sorry, I had my mute on. Um, David, I think you were asking for the floor. Yes, I was. Uh, I was just wondering if, uh, if there, you know, it's pretty clear that Finnegan was murdered. Uh, it's pretty clear that those who he was surrounded by uh, are have been uh, released, at least legally, uh, uh, from the charges that were against him, uh, or have st- having stood trial, uh, been. Um, uh, acquitted, and um, and I was just wondering if there have been formal murder charges 
uh, issued against uh, his murderers uh, that are out there. They, it was it was on video. The people are known. Uh, their their departments are known, and their, and their status. Uh, and I'm just wondering if uh, if if there were any if there's any proceedings that are are moving forward out there in the West on his behalf um, and his family's behalf. I I can't imagine them not pushing forward on that. Uh, you know, besides the documentary. And if at some point we may, um, we may, uh, you know, consider a verdict with regard to that matter, I yield. Uh, I will just add one more thing. At the close of that interview with Carol Bundy, she said the attorneys were meeting as she spoke. There, all the attorneys were uh, going deep into meetings now on all of this. I yield. Um, uh, I was, um, just, uh, Allie, did you say that there's attorneys meeting about bringing, um, corrupt, uh, uh, criminal accusations against those that murdered, um, Lavoie? Well, I, I think there will be because they have uh, video footage, they have email exchanges uh, that came through WikiLeaks even. Uh, it, it's pretty amazing. They they have all the evidence. It's yeah, just a yeah, matter yeah. David was asking it. about if somebody, if anybody is doing anything to bring charges against these murdering devil worshippers. I, I don't hear that you address that issue. I, I think that's what they're working on because they have all the documentation and evidence. It's a matter of putting the case together. We've and it's got a multitude of cases. There's two kinds of attorneys. There is the really great attorneys that know the law. And there's the good attorneys that know the judges. Well, so, I, you know, I and I, I think that, that they have really good judges on this, and and it, I, I think that this case is going to ripple out all over the United States. Well, excuse me, if I may. Again, um, uh, I would think that that we don't have to rely on attorneys and judges to actually file the criminal criminal allegations that I would think that the family members uh, would have, if they haven't, uh, you know, they would have done that. Um, I just can't, or, or any of his friends or and associates that there's got to be criminal, a criminal complaint signed and notarized, sworn and uh, sworn statements that uh, have been filed at some point. Um, I'm just wondering if yes. Well, th this is good, but we have here in the state of Washington uh, Representative Matt Shea from the 4th District. He, he's a Republican that's over in Spokane, and he has spoken out about this going on down there with the BLM because the BLM uh -huh. has something like 335 million acres here or something. Wow. I mean, you know, it's ridiculous. That's amazing. And he says if it's happened there, it's, gonna, it's happening here. And so it's amazing yeah. we now have somebody in uh, a state representative mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, getting involved in it because it is rippled out from there to the BLM property here. So uh, it may do this into Idaho, into uh, Utah, and other places, especially with when you look at what they're trying to do into the national parks in southern Utah with the BLM. So I think this Bundy case might just be what cracks the cosmic egg and just 
spills them out all over the place. I, I think um, um, unless people like us at the grassroots level get involved here, um, there's not going to be any progress. I don't hold out any hope for bar member attorneys doing anything of significance here. And and I, I've seen the videos of Mr. Xi from Spokane, Representative. Uh, he does seem to be uh, uh, one of the few that are courageous enough to actually speak out about these evils. But but um, uh, there's numerous representatives that have done a few good things here and there. And none of them ever really do anything that is really needed to bring about the really big changes. So I'm not enthused about them either. I think it's much more productive on the way David and Jeremiah were leading the discussion to talk about doing it ourselves, to, to, to take the bull by the horns ourselves, especially when we've got the legitimate right to do it. And the people, the family members of Lavoie Finicum, um, uh, should be motivated to support us once we put a basic package together here. I yield. That's right. And by actually coming up with common law verdicts uh, from jurors, actually being able to verify and authenticate every qualified elector, it's going to actually provide the full faith and credit that we need, you know what I'm saying, to actually get consensus from these other constituents, such as the Bundys. I, by the way, if you haven't seen my qualified electors list, go, go look, and I have listed Ammon Bundy, Cliven Bundy, and also uh, Ryan Bundy in there as qualified electors. Yeah, that's great. We're building slowly but steadily. A lot of people can't perceive that we're making much progress here. We're just doing baby steps at turtle speed, and, and it isn't getting a lot of razzle-dazzle. But uh, an old saying is, from small acorns grow mighty oaks. Okay, and what we're talking about here with common law due process, reaching back into ancient biblical Torah law, that this may be a small seed that we're starting out with, but its DNA program is profound, and and we can grow into something really significant here if we just keep our focus. And 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 with all due respect to the, the other good people that are trying to do things like representatives and and attorneys that are that are doing a good few good courageous things here and there, they. You are unmuted. Make sure you write your notes. You want to show call or run it by him what you wrote. Make sure it's good. And make sure you have your all your papers from before and when you do get the test, you have that as well. Um, I wouldn't submit that piece of paper yet. I would just only submit a note. At that court, that's about it. And when the day well, he didn't. 
he didn't tell him to submit anything yet. He's like, just go, just appear. Yeah, that's the he first said, step. You got to state you don't, state you don't understand. He said, and just keep saying that. My brother was having a hard time with that. And I'm like, well, I said, you got to, if you start off stating you don't understand, you got to stick with you don't understand. I said, and whatever they say to you, you don't understand. I said, even if you know you understand, you still don't understand. You know how that level works? Okay, mm-hmm. your brother. Okay, he got to get it. I said. Well, I'm going to show you how that level works. You don't understand. Yeah, it, I don't understand. Do you understand it, the charges well, that are being read against you? Angie, Do you understand? Did no. or your brother did? My brother spoke to Carl. Okay. So he got mm-hmm. to just get his confidence up and go over it. And, I mean, it might sound like he needs it or he would think he needs to do more. There's nothing more to do. So once you right. do that, that's step one. Get the test done, you're done. You know, then you can call, call back if you want to know what's the step two. But I just think step two be some sort of notice he will let you know. And you then basically, I'm understand. I don't know what's going on here. And that's hey, it. Um, Aquila, you're, yeah. you're kind of muffled again, just so you know. At least it sounds like it's on my end. I don't know if that's anybody else. I don't um, know. Is this better? Bada-bing, bada-boom, forget about it. Let's go sit back and uh, smoke some weed and relax. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's no, just trying to understand why. We're getting into some serious stuff here. People here need some help on some stuff. I call give you directions. Well, there's reason, he was talking to your the reason brother. why. Okay, one. Go ahead and do it. If you, did, yeah. if you did not do it and you're going to call him back, oh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead. Come on, it's like you're playing the game. How could someone help right. you if you ain't did that once? Exactly, so if you're not going to listen the first time. To get that done. Once you mm-hmm. got that done, don't even think about what I'm going to do, what is step two, what is step three. Who cares at this point? You need to do step mm-hmm. one. Right. Let's get that one. Right, and definitely what I was getting to is my, my brother was... be almost over. Seriously. Right, he was just trying to understand why... Why, you know, we were just all powwowing. Why, why? Yeah, hold on, Carl let, let me ask you a way. question. Let me ask you a question. I don't want Wait, to get me... personal, right? But why was your your, your brother 302? 302'd? Yeah, why was he given the psych eval? The, there was some personal stuff that happened in, with his family. I ain't trying to get into personal. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to show you something. Why? Why what? Why then was he given a 302? Did they have the jurisdiction to give him a 302? Now, first of all, let's start with the why. What they what they do? He he was in the house and he threatened a family member or something, and he was given a 302, or um, um he was dancing around in in, in the street like um, with a with a meat cleaver, threatening to kill people. Why was he given a 302? Why was a 302 put up? Let's start with that. I'm not trying to get personal. I'm not asking for names, social care numbers, addresses, or nothing. Why was he given a 302? Because it was called in that the, oh, they thought the person thought that he was going to harm himself. 
So somebody thought that um, he was like gonna kill himself or something. So somebody right. Listened. Yep. Yep. Oh, he's gonna hurt himself. And so when they come out, so when they so a neighbor called in. So a neighbor called in. You know what I would have done? I would have said, "Who's the neighbor?" I've seen this. I've been dealing with this stuff for about fifteen years. Who called in? No, the cops come in. Oh, somebody called in that um, um, so and so is threatening to kill himself or cut himself or whatnot. Say, okay, all right, fine. Who's calling in? I want to know their freaking names. Maybe it's a neighbor from the left or from the right. Maybe across the street. I want to know their names. Somebody's accusing this house that um, uh, my brother, my cousin, my uncle, my nephew's trying to kill himself. No, I want to know who's calling. Somebody's calling. I want to know who the fuck is calling. You see how you do it? I want to know who's fucking calling. No, somebody okay. called. And then, somebody somebody right. called. Somebody called. Okay, but, um, then make your point. Where are you getting to? I am making the point. Okay, who called? Okay. No. Continue. Your, bro- your brother got banged over all this crap, but um, um, I want to know who the fuck snitched on him. Let's say, he, let, I'm not saying that your brother did anything wrong or anything, but let's say he's yeah. trying to kill himself or whatever. That's his freaking business. But who's across the street snitching? Those are the okay. ones that I want to know on. So he knows who called. There's no issue or complaint on that one. Okay. There's, no, there's no recourse on that at all. But the oh, person who did call, on that. the person who did call, did not had no intention to press the charges. They were just concerned with with him being not harming himself, which he wasn't doing. Not doing anything. He told them told the men in blue when they came out that no, I'm not. You know, I'm. So I, in other words, he's right like Italian, like Spanish. He should have shut his yappy. Okay, so now we're at the point, all right, where that was initiated, okay, but never... No, but the point is now that, that, that your brother's trying to get a gun license, right? But he can't no, he's trying to get property. He's not trying to get a license. A he's trying to pick the, the, a property. No, I'm sorry. I thought he was trying to get a permit to, you know. No, he already has a permit. He already has several guns, several rifles. He was trying to pick up another one that he had ordered. So he was going to try to pick that up. What's the problem with that one? I don't understand. If he already has a permit and he already has a license. Right, that was the whole thing. He had no idea. When he, he wasn't even in... In the hospital for 24 hours, not even close. It was, I think, like uh, from 7 o'clock to 12 o'clock the next day. You know, like he, he left, left go. They, they opened the door and said, hey, you can leave. He didn't sign nothing. He didn't do nothing. He didn't sign anything while he was there. You know, he left. They left him. They opened the door and they left him go. So he had no idea that there was any recourse or anything from that. He had no letter wrote to him. He had no 
hearing, you know, not nothing from any men in black, nothing from any men in blue. So, so that's what I'm saying. When he went to pick up his property and he was denied, that's when he said, why am I denied? Why am I not being allowed to pick up my property? So he wrote when he got a letter from a man who's saying this is why you can. He started writing well, that man back. On, let me ask you a question. So he had his guns and everything. Everything was fine, right? But all of a sudden, they didn't want to allow him his property back, some other property. He didn't allow him to obtain new property. Okay, I see. It's all because of the name. They're playing with him. Right, that's what he thinks. He's like, okay, now when I start questioning why you're not allowing me to have new property, he, there was no complaint. For? There was no notice of any type of them stating he was doing wrong because if he if he knew that, he would have been taking care of that. You know. Was it paid for? Was it I'm paid sorry? for? Uh, yes, but it was paid not. What happens is, is when you buy a gun... It's paid for, but it gets sent to a dealer. It cannot go to the person who paid for it or the person who had it. It has to go to a dealer because of it being ordered online. Now, when it goes to the dealer, the dealer is told, the man acting as dealer is told they're not allowed to release it unless the federal form that's filled out has proper answers and is not unfounded. It's just another way for them to generate funds, some money, you know, another cash cow type of You're thing. So again, about like, getting like a pistol or rifle. Pistol or rifle, yeah. Yeah. We're not talking an automatic yeah, firearm a, or anything like that. Yeah. You know, they just they ask their that's questions. That's why I get nothing online. My guns, I get nothing online. I don't even really like guns. That's why I have a bunch of them because I don't like them. <laughs> Or um, Carl said to him, yeah, he goes, well, you know, you just got to learn to buy from another man. No, but when you and, get stuff online, you get get all these checks, and you get all the stuff, and, and and your credit check goes online, and everybody's in the Russians, the Russians with the little mafia getting into, hacking into your computers and your cranians, and come on, man. <laughs> I have to go to a gun dealer and say, here. He got three hundred dollars, three C notes, and I put three notes right on the table. And I say, okay, I want these, and I want that, and I want a couple clips for that. I don't buy anything online, man. You can't do it. You can't freaking do it. All yep, my brother's like, oh, well, no wonder. Email accounts, said- and they gave they they send you messages on your to your. To your email? No, 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 no. I like cash. <laughs> I like paper. <laughs> Untraceable. Yeah. But then you're, you're made you feel, you know, and the, the consensus is that, oh, you're doing wrong. If you're wanting to deal on paper and you're wanting to do this or that, it's like, oh, mm, yeah. So, yeah, they make you look bad. Yeah, and they ask you for your social security number. Yeah, I have a social security number. Come on. What are you, why are you asking? They ask prisoners when you, when you get locked up the first time. 
ask you for your name, your date of birth, and social security number. Why are you asking for your social security number? Why have you told them? Wow, I don't have one. You know what they tell you? Oh, this guy's hiding something. I've seen it several times. Say, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to go up his social security number. He's hiding something. First of all, if um you getting locked up for like um um for like a gun battle on the street or for like um buying marijuana or something, you get locked up, you know, um county time. Why are they asking you for your social security number? So, uh, I'm not giving him my social security number, even if you have one. The freaking guards say they tell each other, "Oh, this guy's hiding something." Ain't that pretty? Now, first of all, social security—it was created for social security. It was not created for ID purposes. So why you get arrested? Why you when you apply for a job? They're asking you for your social security number. Come on, man. Let us get real, real. They're asking you for your social security number. What is my social security number? Even I have one. What What is that? Any of your freaking business? In prisons, they ask you for your social And if you tell oh, and you refuse to give them one, they say, oh, this guy's hiding something. Hiding something? Yeah, I'm freaking hiding something. Even if I have one, I'm not going to give it to you because it's none of your business. All you need is my name. You don't even need my date of birth. You just arrested me. You just sent me to prison. Why are you asking me for a social security number? You trying to pull out some ducats, a.k.a. money? Out of my social security account? Why are you asking me for my social security number? You just put me in jail. And you want my social security number. Now, ain't that freaking pretty? Fuck out of here, douchebag. Excuse Who you want my social security number. Okay, I got another question. Anybody yeah. serve any jury duty rate recently, or get any paperwork for uh, jury yeah, duty? Yeah, yeah, I did actually about three months ago. I'm saying that I'm, uh, I'm I got because I got a a voter registration card. And they're sending me and sending me letters about six <laughs> months ago. The first one came about uh, about eight months ago, and then the other one came about uh about four months ago, saying that I'm um, if I don't go, then I'm um, I'm subject to to arrest and a five hundred dollar fine and prison term because I don't go to vote. Come on, like I gotta go to vote because it's Sunday minute vote. I gotta go to vote for jury duty because once you register for. Once you're registered for, for a little card, then um, the courts 
Now, whatever county or city you're in, every like four or five years, they send you these little notices. You got to go to court to, to like either go on. But the reason, reason, listen, the reason that I don't go to court for um, jury duty, now listen to this, is because everybody has your personal information. Now, if you go and you get selected for jury duty, right, think about this for a second. You get selected for jury duty, and it's like um, um, a drug deal charge or a murder charge or a drug deal charge. And if you get selected as a juror, the person that's being accused has all your personal information, has your name, your date of birth, and your address. Now, let's say you just went and um, um, on a court and um, uh, and you just sent this guy to 15 years prison for killing somebody or whatever. Now, that dude is going to come up angry. He has all your information. He has your address. He has your name, your date of birth. Because it's public information. See, a lot of people don't understand this. Jurors, they are... Okay. They are what's called sharpshooters. You're going to bang them right on the head. Angel, you hear? Yes. So, your question... Speak up. You're muffled. Oh, you can hear me now? Better. Uh, What I'm saying, I guess your question was, but you can say if I'm wrong, if if you originally did somebody experience that, so Lewis was telling his side what happened. I did experience it, I think before our new call. I didn't want to go. Um, and I simply said it was against my religion, and they asked me was I a U.S. citizen, and I put no. So that's, that, 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 then that went away. So there you go. That's what I did. No, I thought it was kind of, I actually just got a letter here um, last Monday. Um, and then, you know, well, Lewis was saying about the fact of, uh, it being public information. Well, of course, at the very top of the form that you're supposed to fill out, it says, uh, your information questionnaire, confidential, not public record. And uh, one of the letters they send along with it, which I thought was really interesting and kind of um, points out... uh, you know, like, let's say you file a claim, okay? If you're thinking on uh, common law side. You file a claim. All right, they're, claim, they're stating in their paperwork that um, in regards to the questionnaire, that it must be completed and returned in self-addressed envelope within five days. 
Uh, failure to complete and return the questionnaire may result in sanctions being imposed by the court. Uh, please be advised that the questionnaire will only be used for jury selection. The completed questionnaire will not be distributed to anyone except the trial judge and the attorneys in the case. An unrepresented defendant will not be permitted to have a copy of the questionnaire. Uh, the completed questionnaires are maintained in a confidential manner and sealed in a sealed file in the Office of Court Administration and destroyed immediately after jury selection day. Um, there was another area where it also said, let's find it here. It's a line. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I was reading up on stuff on it. I was stating, well, let's say you got selected, you know, for the jury duty. Yeah. No, it's a line. I understand why it's a line. I could have had, I could have several people killed because of this. Mm. Now, how far back was that one for you, though, Lewis, that you, you had their information? I mean, I don't no, know. No, because you know, you it, it, tells you, it tells you all their information. Now, mm-hmm. when the jury goes into the jury, all their information is public. You know, their mm-hmm. names, dates of births, addresses. No, okay. I did I did three cases. I was helping crazy inmates. But I didn't tell them this. I can find people's information easily. I find people's addresses. I gave one dude his information on a state trooper that was playing with the dude in Florida. In Florida. And the reason that I gave him that information is the cops, the state troopers, all information, her address, her cousins, her family members, everybody else, was because first I checked. The guy was being bounced around by cops. You know, on top of that, and I checked that it was not a domestic issue because I'm not gonna do this for somebody that's like um, um he's dealing with uh his ex-wife, and his ex-wife is trying to run away from from him. Oh, I I went online. I got several programs. I know how to go online, and I know how to find people's information. Wants to know. He gave me his dossier, and I checked, and I went online, and I checked everything, and I found, okay, oh, it was this lady, it was this lady state trooper, and this was a partner right there, okay, yeah, boom, and I sent it to him in prison, he was in prison in Florida, here you go. Here's the information. Now go play with that. And I do that often with inmates from several states and prisons. But I will not do that when uh, inmates are like, um, um, you know, you got a domestic issue. Um, uh, no, I won't do that. I can find people's information. Like at a... Uh, 
real quick. Comps information. Do you know why comps? Do you know why comps? Why they often cup the shield on the chest when you're talking to them? Oh no, New York. For, for fucking decades. If you look at a cop's badge too hard, that cop will tell you, what the fuck are you staring at? And and if you don't drop your eyes, that cop will do the shamble dance on your skull. You know the shamble dance? That cop will shamble dance on your skull. You know why? Because first of all, that badge has all of your information, your whole life. All your information is in that badge. No, but for decades, what they do is... um. Uh... Okay, Lewis, let me interrupt. Beans that you are in New York, um, and Carl even mentioned this, that they end up ch- they end up having a fake badge. Yeah, that's all I'm talking about. They they get called the dupes. It's called the dupes or the dubbies. So you know about that, huh? Yeah, and I'm sure other states have have the same thing. They end up having yeah. a fake. No, but bad. they got sergeants, they got captains, they got big officers doing the because a badge, listen, a badge, a police officer, it goes down for like 150 years. They pass it down from gener- generation to generation, right? But now, for the cops, and especially in New York, if if oh, when I was a kid, if if you look at a cop's badge too much, like when they pull somebody over and they see you, the cop sees you. Staring at their badge too much because first of all, you can make free phone calls if you know the badge. You call, you pick up a telephone, a payphone, and you make free phone calls. All you need to know is the um the badge number. Now, all the information of a cop is all in his badge. It's all in the Dookie's badge. Okay, so if they have a a, a fake badge? Um... No, what they do with the fake badge. And the Chinese, what, what they have been doing for like 90, 100 years now, is they go, to, they go to downtown Brooklyn or they go to Chinatown and they go to, they, they want a fake badge. Because the badge is passed down from cop to cop. But okay, what? so also they have a fake badge, and also they don't want to give out their first name. They only give out the last no, name with the badge they number. will not give you out their first name. No. Correct. No, because Correct. they have a fake because badge. Because they're not going to no, care about covering it up. Because of the law of 18, like, what was it, 1868 or something, that says that you can you can sue a motherfucker, a professional, Correct. on his level. You see, you see what I'm talking about? 
They don't want that's you to they know go- their, their personal information. No. But the cops He's saying if it's a fake the badge, cops. they're not going to cover it up because they're stupid No, anyway. but the cops want to know your personal information, but they right. do not want you to know their personal information. Okay, you're contradicting yourself, Lewis. Okay. One, they do have a fake badge. Two... Um, no, sir, and you're just not day, listening to what Lewis is saying. I hear him perfectly clear. Well, thank you so much. They they will not give you their first name. This is years and, and it's also now. They will not give you the first name, and then now they are giving you a fake badge number. And then now, no, they've been doing it for like 90 years. Okay. I stand to be corrected. And a lot of them, especially in the Hawaii areas, have been getting banged over their bullshit freaking badges. And the Chinese, what they do, like in New York, for example, right? The cops, like a regular little cop, or, you know, a little cop, you know, freaking piece of shit like a like a little sergeant, you know. He goes to Chinatown. And he asks he he wants a badge. He wants a badge made. The chin the chins, they're scared. They're like, this is fucking comp. Holy crap. Okay, I'm gonna go on badge. Nah, make him a little bullshit fucking badge. No, make a frick fucking numbers. There's a badge. That's why in New York, for decades, if you, if you look at a cop's number on the badge too much... Yawn. Yeah, yawn, the dawn of the... What's the number on a cop's badge for? What is it? Do you know what the number is? That number, each number is is either is usually a three digit or four digit number. That number has to do with his whole fucking life. What's the number stand for? Do you know? No, you you ask them. I'll tell you what it is. It's their bond number. They have to have a bond as a public servant. Oh, and you're talking one of them about has the their own bond number. Stuff. So it has their last name. They don't want you to know that number. number. They don't want you to know that number, though. Public information, dude. Oh, the douchebag in the background. Fuck you, douchebag. They can't have you have you that fucking information. Let me hear the gate bag. In the background, talk about that now, Frank boy. And mm-hmm. that makes sense. And they, have they, cannot, they, they cannot connect. have you know that freaking number. Was that was that Cheyenne? Yes, that makes sense. And how did you yes. end up coming up with that information? Information. Um, they can't have you have well, no because what happens is when you know that number, you start deciphering a bunch of crap. Thank you, Lewis. Let them talk. She was asking the question. 
It's not a phone number, and it's public information. Oh, uh, here we go with the gay boy. Oh, personal number, all it is. is no, actually, no. It is. Yeah, it is it's not a bond number. It's an employee number. Hold on, exactly. please. It's also, please. It is one at a time. A public servant has a public employee shut up, number. Yo, just like dude, shut up, Just like every Walmart employee has a number for like payroll reasons and stuff like that. Who the hell are you jerking with? Lewis, I have a question. Oh, my God, dude. Shut the fuck up, guy, dude. Okay, so what what happened? Yo, gay dude, shut up, man. What the fuck is wrong with your your big asshole that you take the whole fucking planet in your fucking bunghole, you fucking dick swallow one? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Damn you. Out of your house, then. 
Fuck that ass sore swallow. You try to keep... Fuck the sore swallow. Andy, just, uh, you know, you can listen to her, but don't take everything seriously that she says to you. It's just simple little uh, guidance. That's all it is. Nothing, you know, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> no, you got to take it with a pound of salt, man. Not up in here. All, all, all up in here. <laughs> bing, bang, boom. Forget about the room, man. There you go. Nico, you better act like you know. 
Don't be talking about it. Be about it. What? What? Let us play some games up in here. <laughs> this broad knows a little bit about something. She knows. That's why she gets, and she has her own call, man. She knows. She knows a little bit about something. She ain't telling you all the secrets that's going on up in the joint, man. Would you, would you tell all the secrets? If you want to know the secret, go to Victoria. No, man. How is somebody going to understand all the secrets? Josephina, she knows too. No, let me explain. Which is X. Well, how are you doing an X? But then you're playing. You gotta explain. You're doing levels. Hmm. I understand you. You little monkey ass. You, 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 you show some stuff. Good. I like you. I like your little monkey ass, man. I don't mean monkey ass is like an insult, like a racist or a Negroid stuff. I mean like a monkey. It's not like a monkey that dancing, man. But every once in a while, you tap into secrets. You tap into secrets. Every once in a while, you tap into secrets. I know about you. I'm trying to leave you later. Shut up. What's going on up in here? Yeah, what's going on up in here? Because this is freaking crazy up in here. Uh, hmm. That blew up the call for the night. I'm gonna shut you. I'm gonna shut up, e. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm gonna listen, listen to accordion music. Douchebags. You motherfuckers are douchebags, man. Don't call me name. Thank you. 
Recorded live. Some very interesting points were brought up earlier as far as the um, derailment of the train. Now, just the fact that it's Amtrak and knowing the history, you wouldn't have no tinfoil hat conspiracy theories about Amtrak having an accident until some of the points brought up this evening about those fracking components. That, that's, that's interesting. And I don't see how that it ties in any way to national security to the 5G. We're so out of it, we don't see that the storyline they're giving us is absolute, doesn't make sense no matter which way you look at it, sideways, upside down, backwards, forwards. Nothing they tell us makes sense. Nobody is educated. We're all dumb. We're all dumb on a level that is embarrassing to the animals. We watch television and we don't have a clue about anything. If you would like to educate yourself, you don't actually have to be like most of us that are awake, that they call us the tinfoil hat conspiracy people. Most of us are awake because we went through some hardship. The reality is we were forced to go through the hardship and we woke up. Anybody has a right to educate themselves. They could use the 5G network to do it. They could use colleges to do it. They could use their cousin, uncle, sister, and brother. We're not educated and we believe what all these people, and it's not 12 of them. This is unlimited amounts of people will join the force to make the story whatever everybody else is talking about. Nobody has a free thought of their own. There's the problem. Shut the television. Don't get a smartphone. How are they going to put a 5G network unless everybody goes by phone? It's everybody's fault, but everybody's a dumbass. Educate yourselves. Shut the TV and you'll wake up one at a time, whatever interests you. You don't have to know about the Constitution. The lady on the call earlier, um, Deborah Tavares, explains very well with documentation, very well spoken. In an hour, she will let you explain why the Constitution is not in effect and go through paperwork and back up what she says a lot better than these people on the call. Even some of these people on the call, like Nikki, brought some great educational tools to those speaking 37 calls. How embarrassing, as a species, you don't have a YouTube video to show the people that told you on the call, I can't follow it, you're pointing at what you're reading, what you look at. Make a goddamn YouTube video and show the people, I'm reading from this right here, just like 100 other people do. Uh, I'm, I'm the law library, show the people what you're doing. On the phone call, you're, you're pulling strings. How are you going to educate the public over the phone? Give me a break. We're in a video society. We can make a video and educate our own children, our own peers, our own local business owners. Do you have anything that you can go to your local college and tell them about general societies? They're not going to be interested. You need something you can go into a college with and have a conversation with anybody in the hallway with, and then after you have a conversation about A, B, and C, then perhaps you can mention a general society. They're not educated in the schools, and we're not educated out of the schools. And all these people that you say are so difficult to get 12 people together, they'll get 200 people together in 30 minutes. And they'll, whatever they say will be what everybody else agrees with. Nobody has a free thought of their own. It is as simple as breaking that brainwash programming and thinking for yourself. There's a solution to any problem. Come up with something that brings children aware about something that we discussed tonight. The 
take the train derailment, whatever happened with Trump. I don't care how that applies to anything. I didn't hear anything about that. Or the smart meters or the smartphones or any educate these college people or the next generation about something other than the story in the news about some congressman had a case from 14 years ago. That's what's on the public's mind? Some bullshit from 14? How about something important? Anyway, I brought up a couple of solutions. One is shut the TV. Two is educate everybody you know, love, care for, and meet through your life. The one woman can learn about the Constitution from looking some the Deborah Tavares videos. I woke up from YouTube videos from the Truther Girls and also from lots of videos from Rich, the owner of Tragedy and Hope Communication, a communications network that will has news people like the Corbett Report that will actually educate you about whatever interests you. If the law interests you, that's fine. If something about some high-tech stuff interests you, you could study that. And then teach it to your cousins, uncles, nephews, sisters, brothers, and their friends. And then we'll get out of this mess. Because right now, nobody can do anything if anything. Whatever the storyline is of, of the news is what our society. So I yield there. There's a couple of solutions to a couple of things discussed tonight, and I tied together a couple of key points. And one more point to the lady. I think it was Helena. I would like to know about the uh, Scalera case where he was, he wrote something in his ruling about the grand jury and the power of it. It's really a fourth branch of government. It didn't go over with, well with Charles two weeks ago, but I haven't found that case yet. If you know anything about that, contact me. I'd like to. I'm, I'm trying to find that case to read. Scotty, I, I don't hear any solutions from you. Shut the TV was one solution. That's not a solution. That's eliminating a problem. It's not a solution. Sure, it's a solution. No, it's not. All right. It's not okay. helping us to get justice. It's not helping right, us arrest the criminals that are murdering Lavoy Finnegan. Give me three minutes, and I'll give you another solution. You mentioned also on the call that you needed, like, capital, and you needed, like, ways to make, like, um, uh, like to connect with people. How about a newsletter? How about a newsletter? It could be digital. Well, we're doing what we can here. If I do a newsletter, I'm going to have to shut down the conferences so that I can have time enough to do a newsletter, Scotty. I'm not saying you do it. I'm saying we, as in our... Well, well, why don't you go ahead and do it, and you, you help support the conferences, and the conferences will help support your newsletter. Well, I've tried to bring some of my ideas. I also have other ideas. Well, we're full of people with ideas. We need people doing stuff that's going to produce real solutions here. I got to talk about the stuff I'm going to do first before I implement the, implement the plan. Here's something I'm working on for the last few months. Have you ever seen how an electrical generator gets turned through, through an impeller and it can turn a DC motor? I think that's off point from what we're trying to talk about here, Scotty. No, it's not. It's an invention that I would like to explain how we could turn that into money next week if somebody wants to get together, discuss no, the no, plan. No, no, no. We're talking about trying to get justice for people like Lavoy Finnicum. You're talking about uh, inventing a machine that can be sold to make money. That, that may be a good idea, but it's off point from the purpose of our conference here, Scotty. You've got to walk first 
and crawl before you start running and playing well, with the Well, you can go ahead and do the, the crawling and, and the baby steps with, with your project over there someplace else. This conference is not for that. Not for what? Be specific, say what? It's not for discussing projects that might be able to raise money. That's too far away from our serious focus on due process of law for the common people. That was something you said tonight. Pick another problem. Lavoie Finnegan, you want to know about Lavoie Finnegan? I think that's already happening right now, but now the survivor, she has a daughter or two of them, their future has changed now. Who knows what they're going to do over the next few years because of what happened to her dad. So you don't know what's going on with that, and neither did David. Maybe they are doing complaints. I don't know. Um, however, it's not in the news, is it? I don't hear that in the news. I hear about senators and this. and pre I hear a bunch of bullshit, and that's what everybody's talking about on Facebook and in the store, and that the whole world is dumb. It's pathetic how nobody even knows what the problem is. If you don't discuss the problem, how are you going to fix it? Well, I, I think we're all here fully aware of the problem. We're trying to talk about solutions. We've gravitated past the problems. Now we're ready to talk about the solutions here, Scotty. Let's give a legal solution. You declared on the, about two weeks ago that you didn't think my case, what I had, I, I compared how, what I discovered by having to look at the bike law and knowing about who killed the electric car movie, I was amazed to realize, oh, my God, I found out what's going on today right now is exactly what went on in that movie, only they're doing it with the electrical bike law. You could transform New York City where, by the way, where shit gets done. Hey, pardon The reality is they are taking everybody's electric scooter and bike. They're claiming it's criminal. They're, how can they possibly be taken? There is something there, sir, and I'm telling you you're wrong and I'm right. I'm the visionary, not you. I have skills that you do not possess, sir. I know how to fix things when I figure out how they work. And I see anybody that had their electric bikes taken from them or their scooter should not have had it taken. How can they seize something when it's a civil fucking case? Oh, I'm sorry about the person. I'm really sorry about that. I'll yield there. Anyway, there is potential to use my case and set a new precedent. And this is New York City, by the way. Okay? I don't mess around, and neither does the city here. This, this is the real deal that I live in. Okay? I can't make this stuff up, the, the, the consciousness that I'm dealing with. And there's more solutions to medical if you want to get into some of the other things with 5G. I'll give you solutions for that, but not on this call that's public. That's something that I would rather keep private, some things I don't want to put into the public. But I did offer some solutions. If you would like more, I will continue. Otherwise, I yield. Well, thank you for yielding, Scotty. I think that's appropriate. I think we're at an impasse for defining solutions. Uh, it's my humble opinion that you haven't. Uh, presented any solutions, you're welcome to believe that you have presented solutions, but but I'd prefer that, that we change the subject here over to uh, um, talking about what the more judicially oriented solutions that, that our general conference is trying to focus on. Um, and at that point, uh, the, the conference is pretty much open for people that can 
try to talk more about solutions that are related directly to due process of law and administration of justice here. I yield. And this is Allie. I would love to reply to that. Because after being 12 years... An oh, no, please official, don't let her respond. Please. I was just about the only Shut elected up. official I knew that I liked. Shut her up now. Shut her up. Because the rest were carrying out bad public policy not based on fact. I wanted to get even. I wanted to hold these people accountable. So I started looking for ways to hold them accountable. And so now, in my senior years, when I should be enjoying myself, I've been a member of the Empower Movement since its inception of Take Back Your Power. I'm vice president of Washington Action for Safe Water, advocating for fluoride-free water. I'm delegate for the territory of Washington at Beacon 37. She's also batshit crazy. I'm looking at all of these ways. She's and hold these pe- people accountable. And that's why I love your calls, Charles, because that's the same mission that I'm on. And with all of the things that I do, joining them with what you do, you know, I think we're all on the right track. But what I have noticed in doing these things, and most of the people, whether it's three or ten or twenty-four people that are gathered together, they're all elders. Where are the young people? Well, the young people aren't there because they weren't taught in school. Our schools had been co-opted from us. They started eliminating all of these classes. Most of the kids today have never read the Constitution. They don't know what the Bill of Rights is. They are literally dumbed down by bad education. So, you know, I think that's one of the other things, besides getting the Wi-Fi out of the schools, is take back our schools so they learn how to live in the reality of the common good, not in the reality of the corporate bad. I yield. Thank you, Ali. Um Yeah, I was trying to find the web link for your Empower Movement thing there. Um, But um, um, there are a multitude of worthy issues out here, and and Scotty's issues, I'm sure, are worthy too. But judicial due process is a process for addressing any evils. and and um you know our our present judiciary all of the evils that we're concerned about Scotty, Ali, everybody uh um Helena uh, all of the issues that you're all talking about if we had judicial due process of law with juries using their conscience to unanimously declare what the conscience of the community is in response to that particular issue, the complaint brought before the court, then then those problems would go away. Those problems would go away because it takes a lot of work to bring 12 people to unanimous agreement. 
I heard what you said, Scotty, but but the mob is not the same as a jury. Juries are required to follow due process of law. What you were talking about is big communities of people all having a collective uh, consensus on something. That's not really a judicially affirmed consensus. It's it's just a mob following an instinct. There's no, re- no there's no reasoning delivered deliberative process there and and so um um but the bringing forth of the conscience of the community harmoniously with the tradition the grand ancient 3400 year old tradition of due process of law these principles are based upon keeping the peace that's why common law peace officers are called peace officers is because they keep the peace Okay, the mob that you're talking about, Scotty, don't keep the peace. They're not harmonious with common law. And, and so um, when when we have communities of people respecting traditional honorable judgments of previous juries coming together to address current issues in light of the well-settled and judicially resolved principles that previous juries have affirmed as being legitimate and righteous, then we can produce meaningful peace and truth and justice for our common people. But but all the smoke and mirrors and 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 the um, uh, uh, noteworthy um, uh, representatives from Spokane, Washington, and and elsewhere that are doing good stuff in their own ways. They're just rearranging the chairs on the Titanic. They're not doing anything of any real significance. We in this conference here are talking at least about doing something of real significance. And that is why I host these conferences, is because a few people comprehend that that, that what we're talking about here is really, really significant game-changing process for empowering the common people to, to responsibly self-govern under a process that will scientifically bring truth and peace and justice to our local communities all across the nation, all across the planet. And that's why these conferences are being hosted. And and pardon me, sometimes I get a little bit short with people that don't seem to comprehend the profound value of judicial due process in producing remedy for a plethora of these issues that, that, that we frequently get bogged down in discussing details of. And here under, I'll, I'll yield for a moment. I kind of ran a little bit there. I yield. Uh, I have something to say. This is Max. Oh, Max. Good to hear your voice. Please. Is it Allie in Washington? Yes. Um, you know, I got into the in-power movement and uh, spent a lot of time learning the process they did, but I don't think – I think the process is suitable to put some fear into the – Parts, parts of the politicians that you're trying to accuse of uh, violating your rights, but I don't see it as a solution. And uh, what they do is a, a notice of liability and threaten a uh, commercial lien at the end of it, but they don't do commercial liens. And from my in-depth analysis of their process, They'd, what they, they're missing some key elements that would be required to have a commercial lien, according to um, Hartford Van Dyke. 
And uh, one of the key elements that they're missing is they don't have a ledgering of the um, violations of their rights. So they just come up with a straight, you know, uh, you're, uh, I'm giving you a counteroffer, you know, to put the smart meter in, and I'm saying that the smart meter is causing me a harm and violating uh, certain rights that I have, and that uh, if you don't answer it, answer the affidavit in the 14 days, uh, and then he gives them another 14 days as an opportunity to cure, then I'm going to put a million-dollar lien on you. But um, Cal, the guy who runs that, um, intimated that he's never actually put a lien on anybody, and I don't think the lien, if he did put a lien, I don't think it would be, um, I don't think he would not suffer some consequences. I'm sure you understand what I'm talking about, Charles. And I yield. Thank you, Max. Um, and unless Allie would like to jump in, I'd like to respond. Allie? Well, I think it's interesting since we began this process, and I, I, I do agree. Was, was it Max that just spoke? Yes. Uh, uh, that uh, what has been left out of, uh, of the notice of liability is is the documentation of cause, causality, the exact harm that it's causing. But uh, uh, it's kind of interesting that since we began this process, there have been three members of the well-vested members of the city council who have stepped down. Uh, the uh, CEO for Seattle City Light just resigned, and we also had uh, uh, another person resign. So there, there, there's been, you know, five of these people in high positions. Uh, there could be extenuating circumstances, but uh, we can't help but feel this had an impact on their re resignation. And, you know, I... Uh, I look at what we have put forth at city council meetings in Seattle with fluoridation and presenting them with seven uh, questions to answer when uh, the head of Seattle City Light was supposed to, uh, or Seattle Public Utilities was supposed to speak on water fluoridation. Uh, when we uh, submitted the seven questions for him to answer on that presentation, they erased it from the agenda called us and asked us if we would meet in a back room. They literally shoved us under the carpet. Uh, you know, when it came to uh, the, the MERS, the Mortgage Electronic Registry System and the foreclosure on the homes in Seattle, that they funded a study to in a certain area and 90%, 98% or something was all due to MERS. Uh, when that all came out, they went after not the lady who did the study, but her attorney who put her, helped her put it all together. They went after him. So you know, you you can't. It's it, it's any way you can get to these people. We we know we have them running scared, but you know they, they may be running scared. But how do we catch them? That's what I want to know. Right. Uh, Max, did you want to respond more, or can I jump in here a little bit? Well, you can you can jump in. Right. Please do. Uh, and my phone's beeping on me. Let me let me switch phones here real quick. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Hello. Okay. Thank you. Um. Um. 
I, I the the commercial default process that that the empower movement is using I think is I, I believe is based more on the uniform commercial code than Hartford's more pure commercial process. Does that sound right, Max? I'm not really familiar with UCC a lot. I mean I am aware of it and I've read plenty of it, but I'm not I'm not at all an expert on UCC, so I couldn't tell you whether that's it or not. But if it was me, I think it's a outstanding letter, and it definitely would put the fear of God into somebody who gets it, who is not, you know, not a lawyer. <laughs> um, but I would not file a lien based on that document. That's all I'm saying, that you could get in trouble, in my opinion, for filing a lien on that document. Well, well, I, to, to address your last issue first here, there's multitudes of people that have gotten in trouble for doing things that are fully lawful, okay? And the only guidelines we have is to follow law, and from there it just takes courage to, to just believe in the justice of your cause, and either you're in the battle or you're not. And And, and, and if you're in the battle... You'll follow the law to your best of your ability, and it won't really bother you. You'll, you'll take the calculated risk that maybe the jackbooted Nazis are going to violate the law and target you for what you're doing, and maybe you won't. Maybe you won't. But it's your own calculated risk as individuals. But but I think those of us that are really frontline warriors, we're willing to go up to the line as far as law lawfully allows. And from there, to, to, to cut with a broadsword against the evil, the, the corruption, the institutionalized criminality that we're confronting. Um, and, and if I might expand thereon, I, I hold Hartford in immensely high regard. Actually, uh, he, or he, he eclipses uh, uh, Bill Thornton, in my opinion, um, uh, even though Bill Thornton is more into my common law area than Hartford, but but the 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 ledger process that you mentioned that Hartford is fond of, <clears throat> that process is not required under the Uniform Commercial Code. The Uniform Commercial Code is more quick and efficient than Hartford's traditional process, where people have to build a long, laborious ledger of individual items, frequently totaling pages and pages and maybe a thousand different items that you got to fill out and assign a specific value and then do all the math to add it all up in a, in a real complex document that that a common law jury could, could, could say, well, yeah, we realize that there's a whole bunch of things there that were done wrong, and and it looks like uh, the sum total of your ledgering is generally accurate uh, and reasonable for for what you're alleging could have happened. But you could have saved probably a month of paperwork and, and your time and energy there um, um, by just alleging a general summary. And, and uh, a jury uh, uh, could either affirm or deny whether or not it's reasonable without... Um, 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 uh, the entanglement of 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 going through all the work of 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 the hum humongous project of ledgering, 
that, that frequently becomes involved in Hartford's detailed ledgering commercial process. And 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 to build thereon, if I might complete my thought here, uh, the 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 Montana Freeman were doing that more quick and efficient uniform commercial code process, and and they were producing some real changes. Hartford is rather backed off, um, uh, but the Montana Freeman were doing some real serious changes, and others that have used the uniform commercial code have have. Uh, made the whole evil empire shake um, uh, through the, the, the more quick and efficient process that, that the, the empower guru that's doing the administrative commercial process there. That looks cutting edge to me. And 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 again, I I, I respect the heck out of Hartford. Ninety uh, percent of what he's talking about is right on and profoundly insightful. And I do look forward to working with him in the future. I've had numerous personal conversations with him, but um, um, I think um, um, the modern uniform commercial code is a more quick and efficient process. It's like like um, um, Comparing the old World War II M14 rifle, it's a big, powerful gun, no doubt, um, um, but it only holds 10 rounds, and um, 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 it's a monster to try to pack up a hill. Modern M16s with the smaller bullets, you can carry 30 bullets in a single clip, and um, um, uh, it's light to pack up a hill, and 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 the, it's just a more highly evolved system of technology that's more quick and efficient at achieving the stated goal and 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 the ledgering process there that um 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 the the the, the party when you're sending the 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 accu the accusatory letter that the empower movement uh is their web page is, is advocating people use when when you send it and you say that that okay you've damaged us to a billion dollars here see the, the beauty is the default process and this plugs into common law due process and criminal complaints see the whole process is is on the friendly civil side of 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 criminal complaints in that in that we're not talking about issuing arrest warrants we're, all we're talking about is alleging uh, uh, economic damages, and and when you do that, and uh, um, uh, you, you're not threatening the person with an arrest warrant, um, you are threatening to damage them a whole lot. But guess what? The, the the commercial default process under the Uniform Commercial Code, more quick and efficient than Hartford's ledgering process, the the the. Uniform commercial code process that the empower movement is advocating that allows for the responding party to to say, okay, uh, I admit I was a corrupted jackbooted Nazi trying to slap these uh, 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 smart meters on your home and destroy your health, but guess what? I didn't I didn't ruin your health uh, to the tune of a billion dollars. I only ruined your health to the tune of a million dollars. See, they can counter offer like that under the commercial process. Getting all bogged down in Hartford's ledgering process is not necessary because the the opposing party can counter it. 
and just say, no, 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 that's not fair. I only damaged you to the tune of a million dollars instead of a billion. Uh, please reduce it. Uh, uh, I've only got $2 million, and, and if you take all of it, that'll be unfair. And, and, and so you can have $1 million. They could do that kind of stuff if they wanted to. It, the, the, my point is that, that the process is not inherently um, 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 defective in achieving the ultimate goal of, of, of justice here. There's no defect in it. And, and once you comprehend that, and then you comprehend that no matter what we do, uh, we're facing danger uh, uh, of being arrested or something, I, I think that was your second concern. And I believe... Through, through both of those, there's, there's a calculated risk no matter what you do, and, and the, the lawful process embodied within the commercial code is a realistic modern improvement over what Hartford's ledgering process is. I think those two factors together indicate that, that, that your reservations about the process with the Empower movement there, Max, is, is not really... In my mind, anyway, it's not really a, a, a serious, worthy apprehension for, for refusing to embrace the process that the Empower people are advocating here. I yield. Well, this is Ali, and I'd like to respond to that, because we have made it very clear to them. The resolution, or to absolve this whole thing, is to stop rolling out the smart meters and the liens will go away. And it's that simple. You know, stop causing us harm and we'll go away. Um, but I'd like to talk about uh, my PTSD that I got when I was in a oh, Well, before you go off onto the PTSD thing, let, let's, uh, please allow, Ali, uh, uh, please allow Max. He, uh, I, I kind of threw down the gauntlet in front of him there. I'd like to give him a chance to respond before we go off onto the separate subject of your PTSD, please. Okay, um, thanks. Uh, first off, I agree with you that if I was going to argue this, and I've been to court plenty of times and I know how to argue things, if I was going to argue uh, in my favor on the in-power notice of liability, it would be that it's a contractual obligation. You offered me a contract. I gave you a counteroffer. I can say anything I want in my counteroffer. You can give me a counteroffer to my counteroffer, or you can drop your offer and it'll all go away. And I don't have, I can, you know, the fact that I can say anything I want in my offer, nothing illegal about that. It's just an offer. The the only um, the only thing that that the government could state or a corporation could state, you know, it can't not be willing to to give you offers and counteroffers. That's just not going to ever happen. The only thing else they could say, well, it's not an offer, it's the law, right? The Public Utility Commission made a law, and then we have to install all of these things. And then, so then it gets into being able to argue that the law would be un, un, unlawful. You just can't order me to take something that hurts me. Uh, the next thing would be, even though I, I'm interested, Ali, that you actually put liens on these people after you gave them a notice, uh, notice of liability, you filed liens against them at the county recorder's office because Cal said that he's never done a lien, and um, I would have to believe him at his word. So um, I find that interesting. The, the 
other thing, um, Charles, was your your idea that that uh, the um, commercial liens that Hartford does are in, are involved. His liens are actually extremely quick and easy to do. He's got a checkbox list of constitutional violations that you just go through and check off, and the, the whole process takes I don't know a couple hours maybe. The, his whole criminal complaint is five or six pages, and if they um, don't investigate and prosecute the criminal complaint, then you've been denied your remedy to, uh, for criminal action on the deprivation of rights, and you go straight into the lien process. And, and the lien process and everything else is no more involved than the notice of liability. In fact, many people, I think, have a hard figuring out the notice of liability. Um, so I think uh, Hartford's uh, process of doing his lien is extremely easy to do. It, you know, you can get his paperwork, study it, and it's, it's just filling the blank. But anyway, that's that's all I had to say about that. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, I, I'd like to briefly mention that um, uh, I admit I, I exaggerated a little bit on the complexities. He, he does have a quick and efficient forms there, but uh, my main point there was that that um, the, the, I, I believe the modern um, uh, um, uniform commercial code is is moving more directly to to our common law ideal. Um, commercial law is quite a bit different than common law, and and the traditional mechanism there is is um, um, I believe it's slow and clunky, and that that the codifiers uh, that that engineered the Uniform Commercial Code, there there was some heavy um, uh, intellectual brain power that came together to to do that, and and they did it um, in 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 uh, um, in manners that 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 allow for these sorts of disputes. To be resolved in more quick and efficient manners, and I think that that Hartford doesn't really comprehend that. Um, although he does have a good point about staying out from under the Uniform Commercial Code, um, um, and, and there are concerns that when you use the Uniform Commercial Code, that you become uh, subject to the statutory jurisdiction. Although. Uh, Levi Schweitzer said that when you're clearly doing it from your own common law, township, or precinct jurisdiction, that argument can be vaporized. Anyway, I just wanted to briefly make those points. I, I know Ali wanted to respond to you also, Max. Um, I yield, Ali, the floor is yours if you wanted to respond more to Max here. Ali? Oops, sorry, I was on mute. Um, I, I'm still staying with it because I feel like we are making some progress. And, uh, uh, I, I, you know, to me, doing nothing is not an option, uh, especially uh, as I'm dealing with my PTSD from being an elected official uh, back in 2013 uh, when something happened in my water district. And uh, I, I knew what happened and what was pursuing was based on bad public policy. It was a lie. It could cost into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. 
and uh, four other people, as well as our testing lab, knew the truth, but they decided to go along and carry out the bad public policy. I could not do that because it would, did not benefit not only the ratepayers, but the people of my community. Well, they went after me, and they put an attorney on me. They threatened me, and they put a gag order on me and scared the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. So I know what it's like to put yourself out there in their arena and try and do it. Yeah. And be threatened and have a gag order put on you and make you afraid for your life. Yeah. And then I uh, I didn't stop then, though. I, I kept on going. And then after another action that I did, making uh, someone resign of conflict of interest from sitting on our board, uh, he also happened to be a fire chief and on the city council, they went after me and made sure I was voted out of election. Well, believe me, after 12 years... And since I had been awakened six years before then, when I started investigating water fluoridation and saw how corrupt the government was, I was glad to give up my seat because then I didn't have to be politically correct anymore. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, Ali, if if I might jump in there briefly, um, uh, the modern electoral process is entirely perverse. It's designed to be uh, dominated by the money power See, real, common, real uh, election, constitutional election process is, is, requires that the votes be counted at the precinct level and, and that the precinct captain, a.k.a. justice of the peace of, of the precinct, that, that's the chief officer of, of, of the, 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 each of the precincts. Those chief officers of the precincts, uh, they take, the, that individual takes the election results from their precinct and brings it to the county and tells the county what the election results were. The, the county doesn't count the ballots, the state doesn't count the ballots, and the federalities don't count the ballots. The precinct captain, precinct justice of the peace, counts the ballots, and, and only other people in the precinct have a right to challenge or jump up and say that there's something wrong with what the precinct captain's saying. See, it's a a drill society community, each of the precincts, and they're sovereign in totality. And and the other precincts and the counties and the states, those are all foreign jurisdictions that don't have a right to mess with the electoral results. And our, our modern electoral process is all dominated by the Roman civil municipal system that's coming at us from the feds and the state top down to our local communities and that's all de facto unlawful um um and and so when when what we're talking about doing here about bringing about the changes people like you will be able to move into the vacant offices of precinct captain justice of the peace for your precinct and 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 if nobody's in your precinct is jumping up and t- saying that that you're speaking falsely, then you're the one that gets to say what the current uh, uh, vote is for people in your precincts rather than them. And, and you'd have a judicial office, so you would be an authority to issue arrest warrants against these people that arrest, are, are, are threatening you and, and, and terrorizing you. 
there's all kinds of empowerment that can be available for for people like yourself and and, and Scotty and and the multitudes of others that are that are being impressed by this institutionalized evil that we're all suffering from. And at that point, I, I yield. But I just wanted to squeeze that in there, Alan. Well, and you're right. And I would love to be in one of those seats because uh, I have almost a banker's box full of files that I collected over those 12 years showing how the city, based on bad public policy and lies, has cost us, the people, into the millions of dollars. Oh, yeah, and that's not counting the deaths like Lavoie Finicum and stuff that are happening. No, no, no. There is there. It doesn't include deaths. It just includes, uh, uh, you know, bonds and uh, grants and uh, asking for money and uh, putting it on the people and how they did it all with lies. Mm-hmm. And it's into the millions of dollars. And I have all of the documents and evidence that if the day ever comes, um, I, I can hold them accountable with the documents that I have. Well, I'd really like to engineer a program that within the next few months we can get some arrest warrants to issue upon all the criminals that have been messing with you, Allie. Yeah, well, that's why I lay kind of low, and I almost think it was a blessing from God that when I fired Microsoft and moved over to Linux, I lost the ability to download my uh, uh, digital camera and my video camera because of the things that I was uh, into uh, showing and doing uh, because I'd gone way beyond the stage of taking pretty pictures like I started doing back in 1968. But after 2006 and when I discovered chemtrails, my whole uh, subjects of photography changed. And uh, uh, as a result, there's hardly any pictures of me on Facebook or around Facebook's even telling me I need to change the pictures because I haven't changed them in ages, but I don't have any pictures to change them, and I'm not going to spend all the time to figure out how to use the uh, stuff on Lennox to be able to do my photography there. So not doing my photography has really freed me up in a lot of aspects because I spend a lot more time studying and learning and uh, talking to people when I go out and about with my little uh, 30-second, 60-second speeches to them. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'm a Linux user too. That I think I think I mentioned to you, but but I'm suffering. Uh, I, I'm not a computer programmer, and uh, um, uh, my computers are are dysfunctional. I'm barely keeping it together here. We need a budget. We need and we need to get away from Microsoft. Microsoft is one of the most evil corporations on the planet, I believe. Um, uh, so so I'm with you there. Sister, yeah, aren't we lucky? We we got Bill Gates and we got Jeff Bezos here in Seattle. Well, well, <laughs> you don't want to get bogged down in talking about the problems again, but um, yeah, um, yeah, no, no, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm just really looking forward to the day that we and what we're doing reach our success of holding these people accountable. Well, well, it, it's not going to be a a, a, a pretty event. It happened. Believe me, I didn't grow up fighting battles like this. Well, well, um, if 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 you're involved in this, then then there's battles in front of us, and there's battles oh, behind us. But you know, whoever said life was fair? That's probably why we were sent here to straight straighten out the people 
that are not on God's side. Well, it's liable to get a little bit scary. I think somebody else was trying to come in here, too. Yeah, the difference difference between you, Allie, and those people that were messing with you is that there's a special place in hell for them and not for you. <laughs> That's good, Max. That's really good. <laughs> if I may. Got it. Yeah, he's right. That, that, that's actually, uh, see, I've been there too, and I was coming from that. And I've been into this stuff 12 years now, and I was coming too. you got to hold the mechanical. But then I got to a point where through my ascension and elevation, it was first learned from Carl Lentz that you have to, like, forgive. I heard some talk of it. Heard some. Anyway, the reality is, screw them. Like just somebody just said, we're plasma people. Do some research, okay? Plasma science. They just did a 12-part thing on it, the Keshi um, Learning, what is it, the Knowledge Seekers Workshops. Plasma is self-governing, self-organizing, self just like the smartphones, uh, are, they, they monitor you by themselves and organize the information. We're plasma. They don't know what they're going to get. Whatever energy you put into this plasma, you're going to get it back. Do your research. I actually now try to reach out to wake some of them up. Some of them ain't bad. Most of them are. Don't get me wrong. When given the opportunity, corruption, the reality is, they're going to get the black goo. Do some research on black goo. They ain't going to get the white light. We're freaking electrical beings. We're connected to this universe. We are going to get back what we put into this universe. That's how plasma works, people. They are going to really regret the bad energy they've been putting into this physical realm. There are many realms that we aren't taught. They teach us like three of them, three dimensions, plasma is the fourth dimension. It's gas in a nano state. It has different properties that we never were educated about. It defies gravity, gives you free energy, gives you cold if you need it, gives you hot if you need it. Do the research. They are screwing nobody except the people watching TV. It's all going to come back to you. So that's why I'm saying educate yourselves. You can wake up some of these dudes. They seem to like to use them guns. Let them use it against the people that really should be shot, not the fucking guy with a cigarette. Anyway, things are out of hand, but it's not hell they're going to. They're going into the plasmatic universe, and this will continue in the next realm. If you're worthy, if you're not, oops, sorry, you blew all this time while you were here. It's all there. Read the patents. Look at the shit. It's all been hidden from us. I can't believe what I learn each and every day. A new world gets discovered that I didn't know existed. So the moral of this speech is forgive the bastard. Move on. Worry about your plasma. Don't worry about where they're going. Don't worry. A lot of them will get hung. Some will be made soup from the reptilians. Who cares what happens to them? Worry about yourself. You're connected to that universe. Use the power given to you by that universe. I yield peace to the God. So can I share something lovely here? I have an incredible book collection, and it's amazing how some of them fall out. 
like this little three-inch by five-inch book. And when I opened it up to the first page, the little page in it is what I'd like to share. The Bible contains, oh, I will tell you, it's the New Testament Psalms and Proverbs, and it's by Gideon's Bible. It says, the Bible contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, the Christian's charter. Here paradise is restored, heaven is open, and the gates of hell are disclosed. I yield. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we are entangled in a spiritual battle, and we need um, wisdom, which profound texts like are included in the Bible frequently provides salvation. When we're disoriented, we don't know where to go, what to do. Frequently, just a particular verse from the Holy Scripture will provide the answers. And that's all we need. Um, And we need Jane Doe 55 to quit cussing in the chat window. I'm going to... Yeah. Um, Sorry, multitasking here. Um, It is a spiritual battle. Um, and, And... what is a segue into the spiritual plane? Because because we're we're going back and forth between the tangible, real political battles that we're involved in, social justice causes in the real world, and the spiritual plane, the the the, the sources of of evil and good, and 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 the the pivot point is the pivot point in scales of justice. The, the axle in the middle, it, the scales of justice are kind of similar to a Christian cross. Okay? That's something to meditate on for a while, the similarity between the scales of justice and the Christian cross. And if you consider that that the center of the Christian cross is, is like a pivot point for the scales of justice, and and you um, it can tip one way or the other, but if 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 you properly state a criminal complaint against somebody, then you add enough weight on one side of the scale to tip the scale in your favor, and that justifies spiritual mandate of heaven for the arrest warrant to issue against the person that you've brought your criminal complaint against. Okay. Remember, in olden times, uh, 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 courtroom procedure insisted upon people swearing in on the Bible. Okay, that that's gone out of fashion in modern court proceedings, and I dare suggest things like um, um, modern commercial law, even Hartford's version of it, pre-uniform commercial code, that doesn't really involve swearing on the Bible or 
invoking God in the process. The older common law due process was really big about bringing God into court to witness the truth of the accusation or the denial of the accusation. That's how it all turned. Because um, um, if you study the process there, the the ancient tradition was you, you, you were calling forth God to witness. And if you were lying... Uh, you were asking God to affirm that that your soul deserves to be burned in hell, okay? And 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 only the coldest, most callous person that doesn't have any belief in any God whatsoever will actually clearly go into court and 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 and, and pretend to be swearing righteously before God about a lie. Okay, it takes a really, really cold, cold, nasty person to, to to swear before God and tell a lie, and that filters out a lot of superficial stuff that modernly isn't filtered out because there's no threshold into the spirit realm to test the integrity of of the testimony that gee whiz, Lavoy Finnicum was a dangerous person and therefore he deserved to be shot. I'm sorry, we need better filtering process. We need accusing people to come in and swear on the Bible, condemning their souls to hell if they might lie when when they're saying things like uh, Lavoy Finnicum deserved to be shot. He deserved it. It was it was justified. So there's a lot we're, we're again we're talking. We're, we're, this conference is talking about bringing in the mandate of heaven, so 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 that we can be justified before God in what we're doing, um, and and this is where we need to go. I do believe. I yield. Charles, I'm going to hang up for the night. I thank you for your call. Uh, I'll be here in the background, but I do want to thank everybody also for joining. And uh, just so everyone knows, I am in the background listening. Good night. Good night, Jeremiah. Thank you for hanging in there. Um, and uh, it's only Jeremiah and me and Allie. It looks like Scotty just unmuted himself and somebody else named Boing Snap are tuned in with the call here. It, it, lines open, anybody. Got a question for you, Charles. Don't we swear or affirm both in uh in court either you know, your yes is a yes or your no is a no or don't they still swear? Still well, people have the option of swearing before God. Um the modern practice of merely affirming, uh, I don't believe, brings in the spiritual mandate of heaven in the same manner that swearing before God on the Bible does. And a point of clarification on um, the um, documentation from, what's his name, uh, you just spoken about, um, uh, the paperwork, the complaint, the criminal complaint we were t- talking about for the last half hour. What's his name? Um, can't think of his name. Uh, Arthur. Arthur. Th- that he actually that's been gone over by somebody, Michael C. School. He's from California. He took because Hartford's an attorney, and it was like on the legal side, the de facto. 
he took it and restructured it and made it so that it's not um, the commercial side where it puts you in the jurisdiction. I don't know the details of what he did, but he has it ready, readily available. I think he has a website. I don't remember his website's name, but it's Michael C. School on Facebook, California. He's also, I think he's running for sheriff or some kind of thing. I don't know. He he's, uh, does a lot of stuff. <clears throat> but he has a pro se toolbox. And in that is Hartford Van Dyke's complaint that he switched into um, something more viable because uh, somebody's locked up from using that that used to have the Friday night bill of exchange, Steve Curry. And they busted his head and everything. So I, I will, there is trouble with the Hartford's uh, criminal complaint. <clears throat> okay. Hey, you. Um, I think Steve Curry was part of the Colorado 8. Um, and I don't think they were following Hartford's process properly there, Scotty. Yeah, you're right, a Colorado 9. Yeah, yeah, maybe it wasn't exactly. That's why Michael cleaned up. But I don't know what he did, but I know he improved it a little bit over what Hartford was doing, because I respect Hartford, too. He used to be on the calls with Steve all the time. I used to really like this. Okay. Okay. Well, um, um, we've covered a lot of good ground here this evening. I'm kind of thinking about um, um, bringing the call to a conclusion here. Um, we've had good people join with us and get their concerns out. I think future conferences can um, go farther on forward and do even more uh, powerful things than what we covered here. Um, and little things like um, um, getting good computer help so that Allie and I can post videos and um, um, uh, things like that to YouTube. I'd like to be able to edit some of these conferences where I frequently go into little rants and you know, it's just a five or ten minute clip where I'm talking about something that I believe is really super valuable and uh, it has a surgically precise insight for dealing with with one particular issue. Um, and and when I, we frequently have five hour conferences, nobody wants to wade through a five hour conference to just try to find one little ten minute clip that has value. But if we cut um, pieces out of these spontaneous conferences where this, the individual clips are of value and we make a video and post it on YouTube and we advertise it a little bit with talking about with, in the subject line, type in in the subject line what um, the subject matter is that we're talking about, then people can go, oh, I'm interested in that subject, and, and, and it'll it'll catch their interest, and they'll play it. It's just a brief 10-minute clip, and boom, they'll, they'll, light will go on in their head because that had a really valuable insight. And at that point, we'll have alternative outreach mechanisms for building our community here because the individual insights that we're, 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 we're talking about 
are 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 being more widely disseminated and shared um, and at that point we're building our community um, yeah so um I am kind of thinking about winding down the conference here but but please uh for at least another ten minutes here I'll probably indulge others that that um might have some final comments or questions about um, uh, loose ends, trailing issues that anybody wants to talk about or, or raise here? Anybody? Uh, yes, this is Allie. Hi, Allie. Um, I, I recently uh, on Facebook watched a video of President Trump. I was in such shock and awe. I can't remember what he was speaking about because my attention was totally taken by there were like four American flags on pedestals behind him, and they all had fringe on them. Mm-hmm. How come Mr. Trump is this stupid? How come he doesn't comprehend the, the basic patriot knowledge that, that those gold fringes are a problem? Well... He's got the highest IQ of any president we've had in a long time. I don't know why. Well, maybe it's not a problem with his brain. Maybe the problem's with his heart. And maybe it's with the swamp that he's in. Maybe. Maybe he's dancing too closely with the devil. Yep. And they've threatened him, put fear in him. Well, whether it's fear or... Um, because, you know, my issues with him have been about safe, clean water and safe, clean energy. He doesn't stand on the side of safe, clean water, safe, clean energy that sustain all living things. Right, right. Uh, yeah, and that's a problem. Well, see, the president represents the executive branch of the government. There is a separation of powers issue, though, Charles. Even though the, he is de facto, what should happen is once we create our, ver, our verdicts, his, his authority to come in and do vetoing on any legislation or bills or even executive orders, right, that, that obstruct the justice of the common law communities is in order, 100% in order. He would be justified and he would be backed up by law. If he was really supportive of the common law and of the American tradition, then certainly we would see him um, taking the side of, um, you know, common law jury verdicts that had to do with, uh, um, uh, well, if you will, the repeal of void laws, or actually not the repeal of it, but really just uh, the, the common law jury verdicts being considered to be valid, basically, because it comes down again to those local constituencies stepping forward saying, hey, you know what, we're going to take responsibility for ourselves here in our counties under our you know, own authority as people. And then the president seeing it as a move in the right direction, I mean, that's a real test of his uh, loyalty. Yeah, I'm glad you're jumping in, Jeremiah. Um uh, your prompting thoughts that to the effect that the, the federal government is, is, is 
I, I, I really dislike the separation of powers doctrine, generally speaking. But there's two sides to that coin, um, in that in that um, uh, the judicial power is more powerful than the executive power, in that the judicial power has has uh, uh, the authority to command the executive power, except under jurisdictions that have a separation of powers doctrine. See, under common law counties and precincts, there's there's no separation of powers. The, the chief judicial officer is also the chief executive officer. Um, uh, the county judge is essentially the shire of the reef, or the reef of the shire, reeve, R-E-E-V-E. Uh, reeve means caretaker, um, and, and shire means county. Uh, so, so the Reeve Shire is is the caretaker of of the county, the Shire, and, and that is the county judge. And so we're we're rolling into one office, both the office of county sheriff and county judge at the county level, and similarly, it's just a smaller version of that at the precinct level with the justice of the peace, and and uh, even farther on down that at the township level with the town constable but to apply it at the, the principles at a national level um, the, uh, uh, Mr. Trump there if he were inclined to, to do good and I still hold out some hope that he may be inclined to do some good he, uh, uh, um, um, and to apply it at the executive, the national executive level. See, um, um, he can't exercise a judicial power. He's judicially right. disempowered. Now, through his DOJ, he could bring an action before the judicial branch of the federal government, and they might be able to do something for him that way. But it's humongously cumbersome and clunky. And and conversely, the the, the 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 federal judicial power that God knows has authority to issue warrants to arrest people like they've been doing to the Bundys and everybody else. They've got the authority to issue warrants from the judiciary. But guess what? The executive power is has has immunity from that judicial jurisdiction because of this separation of powers doctrine. See, the judiciary of, of the federal government, the civil Roman judiciary of, of the federal government, cannot issue an executive order uh, or issue a warrant of arrest against any executive officer, an IRS agent, a BLM agent, uh, a FBI agent that, that is a totally jackbooted Nazi, or even a president. They can't do it. Why? Because of separation of powers doctrine. Okay? But guess what? Guess what? If we form a national coalition of, of justices of the peace or common law county judges, um... We don't have any separation of powers doctrine inhibiting us. And we can issue or warrants against executive officers. Mm -hmm. And we can form our own executive constables and stuff mm -hmm. to issue arrest warrants to enforce warrants against corrupted federal judicial officials like those judges and DOJ officers that are prosecuting the Bundys. 
See, there's all kinds of really powerful ways this can play out in game-changing modes here, high yields. Well, yeah, Charles, the whole thing about that separation of powers issue, from my perspective, is, okay, is that these, the common law courts within the states, right, are up to the constituents. And this whole separation of powers thing restricts and binds the federal government. The federalism, actually, everyone knows that term, federalism, actually restricts the, the federal government from interfering with the authority of the state. Now, despite the Constitution and the supremacy clause of it, right, we still have state sovereignty in this country. Um, the 14th Amendment serves to make the Bill of Rights applicable in the several states, right? But that doesn't mean that the original rights and, and properties of the colonists are not intact with every state that was admitted into the Union post-Civil War. I know this is kind of complicated, but to get back to the crux of my main concern here, and that, and that is this, the federal government has no say-so in, in how the state deals with its affairs, as long as it doesn't violate the, uh, the Constitution, which primarily the, the federal authority is merely to tax and to spend when, as it relates to interstate commerce and things of that, that nature. So any issues that deal with statewide concern, like jury verdicts that deal with issues that occur within the states, and if there's already adequate and uh, means, right, uh, that, uh, uh, for the state to resolve it, then the federal government will not be involved in it. And that's that's exactly why it's important for every constituent inside every several state to actually come forward and begin to take responsibility. The federal government is not going to come to our aid. Not at all, but they could actually, they could actually say that they could pardon certain certain uh, people for for things that would actually create precedents. Particular, like so let's say Congress enacts a statute that allows voluntariness. Well, the Congress, I think the the president should have the authority to actually veto, uh, post veto. Uh, uh, unlawful congressional enactments that actually work to, you know, to inhibit our, our ability to act in the common law in our states. Like, for example, the voluntariness. You know, when, when we sit, cops, they actually, like, they don't, that, that we don't have to actually volunteer. I mean, that we can, it's enough to let us volunteer, basically, our private name and our private information and to say whatever we want, Right. No longer do they have to actually give you the Miranda warning. You know, even though Miranda is a good test, it's actually not the law anymore because Congress came back and they enacted a statute that actually worked uh, to to embody this, the voluntariness ideology as opposed to um, telling someone that they have the right to remain silent. You know, so again, getting back to the whole thing is that is that. Uh, the, the executive branch with the president does have the authority to come in and veto particular legislation that works adverse to the common law within the several states, as long as it affects issues of a national, a, a national concern. So, again, if we want to address issues of a national concern, we can get the president involved but as it deals with more local things. I think it's going to be up to us to actually settle the issues amongst ourselves. I yield.
Thank you. Um, guest 12 in the background here is, is making a point that Trump has done some good things, and um, even though he's behind the curve on smart meters and a number of other issues, I do believe he's much preferable to Hillary Clinton. And um, um, I, I do see glimmers uh, that he, he apparently was – somebody uh, made a video um, – uh, uh, Rick from Illinois was a big fan of a guy named uh, uh, um, uh, Roy Potter. Um, does a YouTube video channel called The Positor, the Potter Expositor. Um, anyway, I think it was him that said that um, uh, Trump uh, uh, was the first person in like a hundred years, first president in like a hundred years to. Um, actually relinquish control of, of, of federal land that has been been collected and assembled in the, to the big monolithic federal evil empire. Trump actually turned some of that land back to the states and local communities and stuff. Um, I don't know if it's true, but I presume it's true. Uh, the source seemed good that was talking about it. Um, and, and it's little things like that that make me think that, that maybe Trump is is an exception to the rule and maybe we can actually try to do something to try to uh, work with the guy, maybe not put our faith in him or anything, but at least to try to work with him. And, and they're under. The um, uh, packaging is everything. See, Nobody's talking about organizing posse comitatus, and we need to talk about that one way or the other. We need to talk about the enforcement issues, and that involves posse comitatus. And and um, if we were to package our posse comitatus organizing effort into a package where we're saying things like, well, gee whiz, there's been a lot of people mysteriously assassinated and murdered, and we're afraid, you know, there's been a lot of theories that, gee whiz, Trump might get assassinated here soon. Um, and, and we're trying to engineer posse comitatus so that good uh, presidents such as Trump and maybe good uh, um, uh, people on, on the left-wing side also uh, uh, that are afraid of being assassinated be balanced about it. Um, but But so that we can engineer a grassroots, people-oriented police power um, under pure common law to to provide support for President, de facto President Trump, uh, when 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 he might be doing stuff good, not for when he's doing stuff bad, but for when we adjudicate that he's doing something worthy of our support. Boom! We'll bring out our posse comitatus, which is basically. Um, um, two million uh, uh, executive officers uh, that um, uh, uh, would be a significant armed force uh, that could support Mr. Trump in confronting maybe the CIA or or corrupted elements of the FBI. You know, those forces are pretty much omnipotent, except if the armed people really got down and dirty and started getting ready to confront them, then all of a sudden people like Trump or other courageous public servants uh, um, might all of a sudden have more courage because they've got a couple million armed men 
willing to back up what they're saying. See, mm-hmm. they, we're, we're on, thank you, Jeremiah, we're on the edge of some really, really super empowering concepts here that, that, that can be game changers, serious game changers for everybody that's paying attention to, to, to the details of how all this fabric is being stitched together here. I yield. Yeah, I was telling John Durash about the people's power the other night on NLA, and he told me yeah, it was I, I ludicrous. Think, though, I was wondering. Well, he told me it was ludicrous. He thought it was what I was suggesting was ludicrous because what I was suggesting was the power of courts to determine through jury trials, um, you know, the speedy result. And he just thought that it, it, there's just no way, you know. And I, I was even telling him, I told him about the, fail, the, the no need, no necessity to bring forth indictments in the time of a public danger, okay? And the, since there's no standard for what the public danger is, right, it's up to the people to determine what that public danger is. And when you understand how the Fifth Amendment works, his the whole role of trying to bring forward indictments is actually making a claim that there's no sense of public danger right now because you're bringing forth indictments you're you're trying to imply that there is no public danger when in fact there is we have we have a uh an atmosphere of public danger when our public officials in the de facto are actually trampling on the rights of the common folk Right, Charles? And yeah. so, therefore, yeah, yeah, there's time of public danger. We don't need indictments. And I was trying to express that to him, and he thought it was kind of ludicrous. So that's my thoughts on that. Do you want to respond to it? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad that you picked up on my previous preaching about the, useful, the uselessness of indictments. All we need is, is, is sworn criminal complaints from individuals, and they're under, we don't need to dink around with, uh, grand jury indictments or anything, uh, we can go straight to to trial um, um, uh, just based on the sworn criminal complaint. We, you know, it's only a mechanism of Roman civil municipal law to dink around with indictments and grand juries. Um, but I'm really glad that... Since we know, everyone in this call knows that, 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 that uh, the Constitution applies directly to the Roman civil authorities which would mean that if an indictment was applicable, it wouldn't be applicable to you necessarily in your state that you're from because that's a federal law, right? So the, the, the indictment involved within the Fifth Amendment is something that applies not necessarily to you as a private man, but, it, but to the federal government and to anybody, anybody that's supposed to adhere, of, of course, to the, those federal laws. So what we start thinking about the indictment as being only applicable, right, to the government. Now you have a whole new way of looking at it, understanding that the indictment is to be used in, when, it, when it's not a time of public danger, right, meaning we don't have rampant racketeering going on whereby agencies are in collusion 
every age, member of the agency is in collusion with one another to actually unjustly enrich themselves and at the expense of the people, at the, of the common folk. I mean, that's what we're dealing with right now, you know. And so, uh, uh, the the indictment is is more more of one of those things that actually is applied randomly and sparingly, but in a time where it's rampant corruption, no. There's no need for the people to actually do indictments. And what we're dealing with with right now is obviously rampant corruption. Right, Charles? Yeah, Jim. I I got dropped. I um, had to call back in. I I missed probably uh, 80 seconds of um, what you said there, but I'm sorry. Uh, But your conclusion here sounded right on. Yeah, just talking about how, how we, you know, I was saying that the indictment, clause of the Fifth Amendment, right, is dealing with times that are not declared to be public danger. But since there's no standard under public law for what public danger really is, it's up to the people to determine when the public danger exists. Well, I, 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 think, I, I think there is a standard under general common law. Well, that would be then. Then, then here's the thing: if it would be ruled, right? Is it ruled? Are you saying there's a rule? Yeah. They're, they're based on principles. They're not statutorily codified. So, what is the standard to determine when we're in a time of public danger as a people? Well, that that would be um, uh, what governs riotous assemblies. Um, uh, uh, the the the, the phraseology in case law is, quote, clear and present danger, unquote. And it would plug into uh, the common law concept of a breach of the peace. Uh, so if there's a mm-hmm. clear and present danger of a common law breach of the peace, then then that uh, 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 authorizes a, a uh, uh, peace officer to execute an arrest right there. But if there's no danger of a common law breach of the peace, then then he's not authorized to make the arrest. And where did you get that standard? Is that a Supreme Court case of the municipal well, yeah, authority? Yeah, Google clear and present danger in 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 um uh uh Google search. Um, uh, you'll come up with case law that's that's referenced that standard. Understood. But here, let's get back to our gist of this conversation, and that is this, you guys. There is no case law out there that can determine what we as people will will ultimately decide is a time of public danger. So, because if it, it, let's just say we can't find a piece of case law that supports our needs, and we still feel like it's a time of public danger, well... Well, well, we still have that right to actually claim that it's a time of public danger, regardless of whether we have case law to support it or not. Well, I think there is case law here, Jeremiah. Right, even if there is. But Charles, I agree with what you're saying. That's fine. It works in our favor. But we still don't need it. That's the whole thing. You see? That's the power of it. Because when you understand how the, the Supreme Court and all these Supreme Courts of these states that are, are, are working, that's all Roman municipal authority case law. And, it, and, and if those cases are based on statute, statutes or constitutional provisions, it's not the common law. Well, I think you're near there. 
I do know what I'm talking about right here. This is some well, well, this is hardcore constitutional law. Hey, 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 so one of us is screwed up, Jeremiah. Well, hold on. I've been studying the bar review. Oh, this wait, comes wait, directly. Wait, I've been studying. I've been yeah. studying. I've been studying.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.